0: Hello and welcome to ReAccess Podcast. My name is Alina and I'm the host of today's episode titled Broadening Your Education. And my co-hosts are Inaz and Kristina. Today we're going to talk about higher education in Russia and the US. My teammate Katya and I kindly asked our Access alumni and the American students from Michigan State University to take part in our survey about university life. So, let's dive into some interesting facts. Most of the American respondents start their lessons before 9 a.m.
1: For almost all Russian students, the first lesson starts before 8.30 a.m.
0: Practically, all the American participants study from Monday to Friday.
1: While Russians study on Saturday too, so we are a bit jealous of American students speaking of schedule.
0: The longest break for over a half of American respondents is one hour.
1: In Russia, it really differs from one university to another. It was
0: fun to find out that almost a third of the U.S. respondents cook and eat at home.
1: Most Russian respondents eat out for lunch instead of cooking. While
0: the majority of the U.S. students can choose most of their subjects, only the minority
1: of Russians have this opportunity. In both countries, it's common to be a volunteer in events, but the survey shows that being a volunteer is more popular in Russia than in the USA.
0: Almost a half of American participants have chosen art clubs as the community they are the members of.
1: For our Russian Access alumni, the most popular clubs are the Speaking Clubs, the Next Course Volunteering Club. Improving living facilities in students' residences is important for both American and Russian students.
0: In the USA, practically everyone would like to reduce the price for education, while most votes in Russia are for improving practical training and lessons.
1: The greater part of all students would like to study abroad, and we have four of those who are already exchange students.
0: Another thing that unites us, that we all enjoy most about university life is friends and networking and trying something new.
2: And now let's dive into a lively discussion with our Russian exchange student Vlad. Our interviewer Anna will guide us.
3: Let's go! Hello everyone! My name is Anna and in this episode our guest is Vlad. He is from Russia, but I know that this semester he is studying in the USA. Hi Vlad! Can you share your first impression on the university where you study? I mean, the atmosphere and people
4: and the place where you are now. Hi, Anna. Yes, right now I'm in St. George. It's in the south part of Utah. And uh, I'm a student of the Utah Tech University for only one semester as a participant of the global integrated program. So the first impression was great. My university is not very big, so I feel very comfortable here. From the first days, I met friends with whom I spent the whole semester.
3: Oh wow, that sounds amazing. And do you live on campus? And uh, how is it organized? Uh, is it the same as in Russia or no?
4: Yes, I live on campus. My dorm has four floors. I live on the first one. There are six people living in my apartment. We share a living room, kitchen, uh, and a bathroom. Laundry allocated on the each floor, which is so convenient. I usually eat in the cafeteria on campus, but honestly, the food here is worse than home. The campus is really green, and there are a lot of places to relax outdoors. And of course to do sports. In addition to the various playgrounds on the campus, we have a five-story athletic center. It has two gyms, courts for soccer, volleyball, pickleball, stretching, yoga rooms, and rooftop courts for basketball. I go to this building almost every day.
3: My next question will be, does the university organize uh, some events after classes?
4: Absolutely. There are different activities going on at the university almost every day. The biggest ones are Wednesday's events. These are organized by the Utah Tech Student Association. Among these events were casino night, glitz dance, inferno dance, live and local performances, movie night, karaoke night, and many more. Moreover, there are many hobby clubs at the university where you can do a lot of fun stuff.
3: Wow, actually it's very interesting to hear. And my last question will be, did you face some challenges while studying in the USA? And if yes, what are they?
4: Hmm, the only difficulty was that I don't have a car here. And it's impossible to survive in America without it. But luckily I have uh, a lot of friends who can give me a ride to get groceries or hang out somewhere. So it wasn't a big issue for me.
3: Vlad, it was a real pleasure to hear from you. And thank you for amazing story about education in the USA. Thank you. Good luck. Bye.
4: Thank you for having me. Goodbye.
2: And now let's move on to another interview. This time it's with an American exchange student, Michaela, who studies in Russia. Our interviewer, Aisha, has prepared some interesting questions to discuss.
5: Hi, Mikaela.
6: Hi, nice to be here.
5: Yeah, thank you for joining us. And this is Mikaela, and she is an American student who studies in Russia. So, Mikela, we've been ta- yeah, we've been talking about how do you pay for your studies. So, you pay mm-hmm. for studies in Russia, yeah?
6: Yes, regrettably. I have to pay <laughs> for my education here and I do that by teaching English. So I have about 15 students that mm-hmm. I teach every week online evenings mornings before school whenever they want.
5: Oh, so many students. That's admirable. And it's great that you can use your native language as a tool to make money. Yes. <laughs> Could you share a bit about yourself like where are you currently studying uh what's program that you're studying in what was before
6: of course Of course I'll do a little bit of advertising for my university of yeah. Those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I study at the University of chemical technology Dmitri Mendeleev oh, wow. in Moscow and my specialization is biotechnology i in my third year of bachelor's degree. oh Actually next week is already the end of the semester. Uh, um yeah. And that's what I'm really interested in. Biology and chemistry as far as it can be applied to natural systems and used. Uh, yeah to study nature. Mm-hmm.
5: I love studying nature too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a biologist too. So yeah. Oh you a biologist, it, yeah. Yeah. And I'm really happy to talk to you as a English speaker who also interested in biology. Yeah,
6: so uh, I started working this year at the laboratory, or I should say at the Institute of Developmental Biology, Kultsova, to do my thesis paper with the specialization on honeybees, which is my big passion. I love anything that pollinates. That's (laughs) what I get really excited about.
5: Oh, and this is how we get to honeybees, yeah? Yeah. And what were the key factors that led you to choose Russia as a place to study?
6: Oh, that's a long story.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I usually when I'm...
6: Too. Yeah, you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, You know, usually when other students ask me why I study in Russia, I tell them, you have to buy me a beer <laughs> because it will take a while. <laughs> so far, it's been four years I've been in Russia and nobody has bought me a beer in order to hear my studies yeah hear
5: my stories it's really disappointing that we didn't meet in real life so i could buy you a beer and we <laughs> could talk for hours yeah next time okay. next when time. you do the
6: sequel of this podcast <laughs> i'll get a beer all right
5: okay I <laughs>
6: it started um, almost seven years ago i was studying as an exchange student in St. Petersburg through my first degree. My first degree is in political science. So while I was studying in St. Petersburg, short story, I met a group of naturalists and ecologists, just south of Moscow, who had a non-governmental program connected with ecological restoration, and they got me really excited. They were very impressive people, you know, science as far as it's applied to natural objects and one of the members of that community she named the organization called uh, nature revive services she specialized in honeybee breeding and that's how it all started is i fell in love with (laughs) honeybees (laughs) and i was so impressed by her work and her as a person that i decided to move to russia in order to work with her Uh, and i did so now almost four years ago i moved to moscow and i started working with her in the apiary she was creating um and i realized that if i want to work with natural objects i need a background in natural science um, to do it in a way that's responsible uh, and professional yeah. so that's how i got to russia that was
5: that's my amazing <laughs> yeah wow i'm just processing it and so Your first degree is totally in different sphere, yeah?
6: Totally. Political science with a specialization in political philosophy. Doesn't get any more different.
5: (laughs) Yeah, everybody has their own way, their own path. Science, and yeah, I love it. And your story is really amazing about the way you came to it.
6: Well, yeah. thank you. I definitely started late. I didn't start studying science until I was 24 years old. Mm. So I'm a survivor story that you don't have to start as a kid <laughs> in order to understand this crazy stuff.
5: And where did you finish your first degree? As I know, it's not the U.S., yeah?
6: No, it wasn't the U.S. I have never gone to school in the United, or I've never gone to college in the United States. Mm-hmm. I got my degree in 2019 from the University of Hamburg, Germany.
5: Wow, that's a total exchange and just a global student, yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a good stepping stone, you know. I think that the shock between like American and Russian culture and mentality would have been very big if I would have just came from came from USA here. So Germany was like a good stepping stone into maybe a more cosmopolitan mentality.
5: Mm-hmm. And talking about shock and cultural shock, what cultural peculiarities surprised you the most?
6: I loved the, that you used the word peculiarities. First of all, it's very hard to say, even for <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> and second, it's very like politically correct, diplomatic. You're not asking what I don't like or what I do like, just what's different. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Russian culture is vastly different um, from American culture in a lot of ways, in a lot of obvious ways and in obvious. Um, Start with the good stuff. I realize that Russian people have kept a much stronger tie to traditional society in a lot of ways, despite development. So you find, for instance, a lot more home cooked meals. And people who, you know, still grow their own food. Mm -hmm. It is crazy to me that in this huge megapolis, there are so many people who drive like four to five hours every weekend in order to go to their dachas and grow their own food.
5: Yeah, I I will go to my dacha like from a few hours after that. So after our interview. So yeah. Oh, you're going
6: (laughs) too? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So that's really surprising uh, and impressive and it's nice that there are so many people who are like self-sustainable and they still have like this connection to more traditional lifestyles that are connected with land and agriculture so that's a really big difference i know it's that's something that only happens i think in the usa in smaller towns for sure yeah another positive thing is that you guys fix everything and from like a proponent of ecological living The older generation in Russia really excites me because they don't throw anything away. They like their shoes get a tear in them. They go and they bring them to the shoemaker to fix it and their watches and their cars. And there are a lot of people who are like, I see in Moscow next to the dumpsters, like taking out old electronics and repurposing them. And that I guess it's more of a Soviet mentality because I don't see it so much in the younger generation. But that is really beautiful, and that makes me really happy.
5: Yeah, all my hands up for sustainability, <laughs> yeah, and reusing old stuff. So, yeah, I think that's a good trait, too. I like that we have that in our culture.
6: Yeah, and it, it's like, stands in really stark contrast to American society. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it is, I grew up in, in the 90s and early 2000s in the USA, and it really is a throwaway culture. Uh-huh not even because people don't want to fix it. There are also, there's just a lack of instra- infrastructure to fix things. Like it's more expensive to fix your broken coffee machine, pay a specialist who can do mm-hmm. that than it is to buy a new one. And there's no incentive there, especially for the lower class to do it. So yeah, you know, it leads to over-consumerism. Yeah. That's really
5: yeah, the- interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> you know, You Russian people have an amazing sense of humor. (laughs) I think I was not that funny until I moved and lived in Russia and learned your guys is a little bit dark. (laughs) Definitely self-depreciating. And that's such a good survival technique to be able to laugh things off. I'm I'm getting pretty good at it when really, like, <laughs> shit hits the fan and things are going really bad. I'm I'm learning how to make jokes about it, and it's a good stress to me. <laughs> yeah, it
5: kind of is, yeah. <laughs> so what oh. about more shocking things that weren't so nice?
6: Like, negative, yeah?
5: <laughs> yeah, what challenged you?
6: Peculiar negative peculiarities that have to do with living in Russia. Um, there are a lot of obvious ones mm, that have to do with, of course, partially living standards. It's harder to support yourself, definitely as a student, not a lot of social support, and not only for students, but also for any marginalized group of society. So that's like the very obvious one. Mm, me personally, I have, mm, I've been fighting like for four years with, um, Russia's concept of being a female. Oh, I I find that really tricky. Like um, in Russia, being a woman is you're supposed to be very feminine, uh, and you're kind of you're definitely treated differently um, based on your gender. I mean, I've even had a lot of comments in university where there was some, you know, some sexism implied, maybe that women are not as capable or not as intellectual. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of older Men who make those jokes that make you uncomfortable. Maybe as a beekeeper, it was really hard to like get through to other beekeepers that just because I'm a woman does not mean I'm not capable of lifting up this beehive and doing my job really well.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I understand you totally. Like I've been living in Russia for all my life and it still shocks me sometimes and I'm really not that happy in that way. So yeah i think but also it depends on the places actually because russia is really big and there are different cultural places too yeah like overall it's more sexist i think what about the u.s in that way i'm really interested in that theme actually
6: there's sexism everywhere Um, global thing yeah us is by no means out of that category but like my subjective opinion growing up there is I just felt like there were less emphasis, emphasis made on the differences between being a girl and a boy as a child than it is here. And I felt, you know, like nobody ever told me something was too heavy for me to carry or too difficult to do because of my gender, um, which is, you know, pretty basic. But it like it definitely made me feel more capable as a female adult. It's like I can do hard things, too. Yeah, and yeah, so we've covered ecology
5: <laughs> and feminism. What topics yeah. do we have left? <laughs> Actually, like really important topics for me personally. So I'm really happy to talk to you and I really hope to continue talking to you and to stay tuned because that theme's like really close to my heart. So yeah. Yeah. So thank
6: you.
5: Yeah, thank you a lot. Yeah, awesome. It's good to have <laughs>
6: these conversations. Yeah, I, I wish we had more of them.
5: Yeah, we definitely need them. Actually, we were talking before at the beginning about yeah. cost. So how different is this cost for studies? Like it mm-hmm. said that you pay for your studies. Uh, does it really differ from the payment in the US?
6: Of course, drastically. Even as a US citizen. If I wanted to get a bachelor's degree in my state, so locally, I would be looking at like a minimum of $25,000 a year. Um, And that's with like the privilege of being a resident. If you're a foreigner, your costs are going to be drastically higher just because the university asks usually for different fees from international students. So the only way to really study in the U.S. and get a degree is either you have very rich parents. Or like most people, you get into debt. Um, yeah. And then you spend, I don't know, depending on who it is, five years, ten years, maybe the rest of your life, um, paying off that student debt. Yeah. <laughs>
5: that
6: was you've heard yeah. about it, yeah?
5: Yeah. That's a big problem. A lot of students were just we're right now are connecting with some American students and this the main problem that is bothering them is their student debt. And everybody's talking about that. So I think yeah, I understand that this is a huge problem.
6: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was probably for me the main reason why I decided to get my degree outside mm-hmm. of the United States was that I was not willing to put myself into debt for that long for a degree, especially when I wasn't like a hundred percent sure that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And this is what I want to get a job in and I'll make enough money to pay it back. So this Germany, I was allowed, I was able to go to school and pay for my schooling. It's minimal costs in Germany without taking out any loans. Yeah. And then do the same thing in Russia. Of course, Russia here, I have to pay for my school and the school fees are higher. It's like something like uh, I pay maybe 270,000 rubles a year to study here which is for Russia a lot of money, you know? Maybe not for if you were in America, but here it is a lot of money. But it's doable because I have this privilege that my native language is English, and anywhere I go, there are people who want to learn it, so I can always make a living. Yeah, And I totally know that big privilege. I am blessed.
5: (laughs) Yeah, you have so many, like, hobbies and things, and, like, Really? Yeah. That's so inspiring, actually. So many spheres that you're really good at. <laughs> yeah.
6: You know, most of the days I don't feel good, really good at it. I think studying in Russia has been really hard, um, especially like fundamental science subjects that are taught here. I've really struggled, especially like the first two years of studying with higher mathematics. It was very difficult with physics, with Physical chemistry, like two (laughs) tears and depression (laughs) bouts, because it was really difficult for me. I wasn't really prepared. So I wouldn't say that I'm good at everything I do, but I try a lot. Yeah. Yeah, And that's
5: the main thing that's important, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I have a question, like really additional question. So, you know, uh, German too. Yeah. I I understand. Wow.
6: I do, I do. I got my first degree. I studied in German. So Oh uh, yeah,
5: you studied in it in German, not in English, yes. Yeah? Yeah. yeah.
6: Which is was what I really wanted to do. I really love the language. And I love like getting that deep in a language that you can use it academically and colloquially and you yeah. know all the swear words and the jokes. Like that's when it becomes really fun. So
5: Yeah, it's an instrument that we yeah. use. Yeah, to get information. What challenges did you face while enrolling
6: in Russia, yeah? You know, it wasn't all that hard Mm -hmm. to get in. Surprisingly easy. Uh, I entered university on the government-based scholarship. So the Russian government gives a couple hundred thousand scholarships to international students every year to study in free for Russia. And I was like one of maybe, I don't know, 30 or 40 Americans that they gave the scholarship to that year. Which means was like I just studied like Russians do on a budget, yeah, yeah, yeah. same the same kind of um, conditions. But after my first year of studying here, I enrolled actually in the program for ecology and natural resource management, Um, Mm -hmm. and I realized that that is not what I wanted to do, and that I wanted that I really liked fundamental science. And I wanted to be able to work with honeybees and genetics and everything. So I changed my major and that's why I pay.
5: Oh, wow.
6: So you can't get the scholarship twice. Um, Mm So in order to study biotechnology, I had to give up my free place at university. (laughs) You really
5: do so much for your work and it's such an inspiration to study hard. (laughs) Have
6: Have you always studied biology?
5: Yeah, I actually love biology since childhood yeah, yeah been amazed by it i have my microscope when i was nine yeah i was like totally this <laughs> science kid so yeah cool. 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 Awesome. <laughs> yeah another question what do you like the most about your education and daily life here in russia i think you kind of answered this once yeah and what about it. yeah academic life that you like
6: Uh, Academic. Um, I've I've been blessed with really some really great professors. Like I really have a lot of respect and awe for like this generation, Soviet generation of chemistry and biology professors uh, because they have an amazingly wide range of knowledge, which I've never studied in the US. I don't know. But I think it's kind of special to the Russian academic field that even if you are a chemist, you know, physics really well, you know, math really well, you know, biology really well. And they just have and it makes it so interesting to listen to their lectures because they're always bringing in like parallels from different fields and how they're applied in different sectors of science. And it makes like the material they teach they can go very, very deep. So I love how the older generation teaches fundamental science in Russia. And I'm really glad that I I got this chance to study in a Russian university just because of that. Because I've been taught organic chemistry and physical chemistry really, really well.
5: Yeah, that's what I like in fundamental science. You just have to know everything about yes. every field in science. Yeah. And that's really amazing. So, Hard, but amazing.
6: Yeah. 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 And I think it makes for, I think maybe like this is something that is becoming less and less in other countries and their academic institutions as people become more specialized and mm-hmm. that they lose that wide perspective. It makes you, like, so flexible as a researcher, and Mm -hmm. you are so much better able to communicate with other people and create interdisciplinary subjects if you really have a wide base of of science.
5: Yes, and you can understand the deep stuff, like...
6: Yeah, you can understand, like, when you... (laughs) Yeah,
5: the core of this knowledge, yeah, reviewed from different perspectives.
6: Yeah, yeah. So you're not just like as a chemist just mixing solutions together, but you really understand like the physics of what's going on. Yeah. And the thermodynamics of it. And that's it's the I don't know, maybe it's a little bit nerdy, but for me it's exciting. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I understand you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think, yeah, that's it. And again. I was really excited to speak to you and this connection in different spheres with you and it's really interesting to talk to you thank you a lot for joining us and I think this knowledge and this perspective will be really interesting for all our listeners and
6: oh I'm glad that makes me very happy thank you thank you for the conversation it was a lot of fun and I hope we do it again
5: yeah a lot of conversations like this yeah I hope to meet you in person too
6: I'm sure we're going to be working in the same laboratory it's got to happen yeah I'm
5: looking forward for it. Yeah. Thank you a lot. Bye.
7: Wow, the interview was so gripping. Guests told us too many facts about being exchange students. So I'm Christina, and I'm the host. Stay tuned because now I'm going to discuss interesting and useful words with you. We will start with the collocation stepping stone. It is Means to achieve a goal, to improve the situation, a kind of springboard that will be the first step to success. For example, if you're a model, you can say modeling is seen as a stepping stone to a career in movies. Phrases, from my perspective and my subjective opinion is, will help you to express your point of view. Emphasis. Emphasis means accent or stress. Special forcefulness of expression that gives importance to something. As an example, you can say, the course places emphasis on practical work. The last things that I want to share with you will be the phrase, by no means. You can use it when you want to say, not in any way, not at all, absolutely not. For example, in movies, talent by no means guarantees success. That is all for now. I hope my little words was useful to you. Use these phrases to sound more native.
0: Thank you everyone for sharing your amazing stories with
2: us. My name is Aynas and I'm the host for our second part of the episode. And now it's time to give a word to Natalia from our social team with access news, recommendations, and more interesting.
5: Hi everyone! I will please you with a joke of the episode. My English teacher used to quote Lord of the Rings to us. She used to say, you shall not pass. We talked a lot about the Grad exchange program here today. This is an annual program you can keep track of the dates if you are over 18, you are a Russian citizen and still studying in university in Russia. You have at least one semester left before graduation. Stay in touch with us in the
6: VK group and follow the news.
2: And kindly remind you not forget to leave any comments, participate in our activities and make this community better together. For Russian Access alumni or an Access teacher, check out the VK link in the description of the ReAccess podcast and join our wonderful community. And we'll do everything in our power to help you enjoy learning English. I, Minas, and my co-hosts are Elena and Christina. The tech team is Vika, the social news tellers are Kate and Natalia. Interviewers are Anne and Aisha. And the directors of the episode are Elena and Aisha.
0: And this was the Reaccess podcast. See you next time.